to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Said Business School, University of Oxford, and Kantar, the marketing insights and consulting company. In each episode, we'll have a frank discussion with industry experts to help brands and business leaders navigate the changing landscape of marketing. Hello, my name is Walker Smith. I'm the Chief Knowledge Officer. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. For brand and marketing with Kantar, as well as an author, speaker, blogger, and video blogger. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Walker Smith, and in this episode, I'll be speaking with Kevin Moeller and Ed Keller about the power of conversations in building brands. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Good to speak to you, Walker. Yeah, nice to talk to you. Ed is CEO and board member of Engagement Labs, which is a leading data and analytics firm that focuses on the social ecosystem and its impact on business. Ed has actually published two landmark books about word of mouth, including Influentials that pioneered the field, as well as the face-to-face book that was recognized as the best book in marketing in 2013. Ed is the former CEO of Roper ASW, and he's been very active in the industry as a leader or board member of the ARF, the Word of Mouth Marketing Association, and the Market Research Council. Kevin is head of media insights and analytics for PepsiCo North America. Before that, he was the chief research and analytics officer for UM Worldwide, serving on the executive leadership team. His background includes leadership roles at the Media Behavior Institute, Mediacom, and Nielsen. In 2018, the Interactive Advertising Bureau named Kevin a data rock star. And I have to tell you, that's the best award I have ever heard of. Kevin has been very active in sharing his experiences and knowledge industry-wide, and maybe that's a really good place to start. So, Kevin, tell us a little bit about the state of the industry right now when it comes to accounting for the impact of conversations on building brands, and maybe just a little quick headline about where you are at PepsiCo right now. Sure. Thanks again for having us. Yeah, I mean, I think the state of the industry is quite fun these days. There's a lot going on between understanding how consumers are leveraging different channels, new channels that are available, and frankly, how marketers can break through the noise and connect with their key consumers at really relevant times for that type of messaging. Add in some privacy legislation and new media channels popping up every day, and it makes a really exciting dynamic industry right now. We have more data than we've ever had before, which allows a lot more possibility in how we can 
not only unearth insights about target consumers, but how we can connect with them in really meaningful and specific ways. Ed, you you touch this every day with clients, not just PepsiCo, but a lot of different organizations. What are you seeing industry-wide? Our focus, Walker, is about the way of helping companies to to not only measure conversation and its impact on their business, but also helping them to understand something I think that's fundamentally important, namely the the brands that people talk about are not just uh, kind of vanity metrics, they are early indicators of future sales, they're early indicators of improvements in brand health, whether it's consideration or other important brand health metrics. In other words, when consumers are, are in the marketplace making decisions, they talk about it. And I think one of the important elements that, that we bring uh, to the mix, and there's a lot of people who are involved in the social space as I am, is that uh, we take a step back and say, you know what, consumers can talk about things through social media channels. And many marketers are focused on social media as an activation tool. And at the same time, consumers talk a huge amount in offline or everyday conversation, whether it's with family members at home, colleagues at work, sometimes with strangers in stores as they're trying to make decisions and somebody steps in and says, you know what, I've had really good luck with that brand versus that brand. And I think many of us intuitively understand that these offline conversations are important, but when it comes to to measurement, not many people have tried to knit together that offline conversation and online, and that's what we've done. And we then have also powered that with predictive analytics that help to demonstrate that it is a leading indicator and an important piece of, of the ROI that marketers like Kevin and his colleagues at Pepsi, along with brands everywhere, can use for accurate measurement purposes and also can use to help drive business performance. So it's interesting that you talk about offline conversations, which clearly is something that people don't always think about when they think about word of mouth. It is kind of social media oriented. But talk a little bit, Ed, about how offline conversations are measured. What are some of the key differences that have to be reflected in the ways in which you track this in the marketplace? Yeah, so let me just take a step back. Uh, We do have a kind of a system or a platform that we've developed called Total Social, which is about the integration of social media conversation about brands, which we're tracking regularly, and offline or word of mouth conversation about brands. And when we think about those offline conversations, we're thinking about people talking face-to-face with with each other. We're talking about people talking over the phone, texting, IMing, emailing, anything other than posting content on social media. And I do think that it is something that has gotten, I won't say forgotten, but I think it's acknowledged and then ignored in many cases. And we've tried to make sure that it's brought to the fore. And the way that we measure that is we have a regularly fielded a consumer survey. We interview a cross-section of Americans and a cross-section of the population in Great Britain as well on a, on a regular and ongoing basis, a new cross-section every week. We ask people as part of that online interview that they conduct with us to tell us about the different categories that they have talked about with anybody during the last 24 hours. So it's a very recent measure. We ask them about a whole host of categories and it runs the gamut from beverages and beauty and food products and restaurants to big ticket items such as technology or automotive, travel services, financial services and the like. And once someone tells us that they've had a conversation about one or several of those category areas, we then ask them, all right, you told us you had a conversation yesterday about beverages, which particular brands did you talk about? We don't guide them in any way. So if somebody says I had a conversation about 
Pepsi or about Mountain Dew or Bubbly or whatever brands it might be. We capture that. And then we go on and we ask them a, a series of additional questions about those conversations. And it's proven to be a very reliable measure. And the numbers of these conversations are, quite frankly, huge. I mean, it's uh, the average American tells us that they had 10 brand-related conversations during the past 24 hours. And when you do the math on that, there are literally tens of millions and sometimes you know, high tens of millions of weekly offline word of mouth impressions about leading brands. And for even uh, less talked about brands, it can still be in the millions. And you contrast that with what is often you know, tens of thousands of social media posts. So the numbers are quite significant and they're quite important to include both forms of conversation. So Kevin, when you think about this and this kind of measurement of online and offline conversations, what are you doing at PepsiCo now? How is your use of data at PepsiCo evolving? And how do you think about this broad area of social marketing or as, uh, as Ed describes it, total social? So just to take a step back from that, in my experience, I've worked across many different categories when I was on the agency side. CPG is definitely one of the harder ones. It, it may not be intuitive, but it because there is just this lack of data availability in real time from a sales perspective, we have to use other metrics that will help guide us or be leading indicators that will be indicative of a sale. And social conversations, word of mouth generally is a really good one. And, and the work that we've done with Ed and his team to help quantify that has really helped us understand how our communications, how our creative in the marketplace is being received by consumers, not just from a sentiment perspective, but whether it's actually getting people to talk about our brands and therefore purchase our brands. You know, at PepsiCo, we're lucky enough to have 23 brands that are over a billion dollars. We have massive, massive brands like Pepsi, Mountain Dew, Doritos, Tropicana, and Consumers know our brands. They go out and they purchase them every single day. For us in the marketing group to understand the relationship between what consumers are seeing in the marketplace and the actions that they're taking to generate a sale is super important for us to then measure the impact that that marketing has on those consumers. Word of mouth or social online conversation is really important because it, it can be captured in real time. And the work that we're doing with engagement labs has actually expanded our idea of what ROI is because it's not just a linear path. I put media in the marketplace and someone buys it. I put media in the marketplace. It generates equity. It generates brand consideration. It generates advocacy. It generates people talking about our brand. There's a quantifiable dollar value for each of those brand health metrics, including the act of people talking about our brand. So we have been able to work with Ed and, and Engagement Labs to put a solid number against what that value of a conversation is, which therefore uncovers more information about how our marketing dollars are actually doing in the marketplace. It's been, truly been invaluable for us to be able to parse out even more information from our sales using this methodology. It's interesting, Kevin, that you describe the, the different ways in which word of mouth or conversations has an impact in the marketplace. I wonder if we could think a little bit about the kinds of marketing strategies and tactics 
that are enabled by this deeper look at conversations. I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about how you activate some of this tracking, some of this knowledge of the impact uh, of conversations in the ways in which you support your brands. Yeah. So for us, you know, a great example is the launch of Bubbly last year. Bubbly is a super fun, super irreverent brand of sparkling water that went pretty big in 2019 Super Bowl. We did a fantastic creative and integration with Michael Buble, had a really fun spot that played off of the name of Bubbly and Buble. And we debuted a 30-second spot at the Super Bowl in 2019. But that wasn't the totality of the campaign. There were seedings of that campaign several weeks leading into the Super Bowl with things like an integration on Ellen that lasted for several episodes. And we brought that creative, that strategy, all the way through into stores where we had actual merchandise that was altered. In the spot itself, Michael Buble changes the wording of Bubbly to look like his name with the E and the sign at the end. And we actually had integrations with some of our key customers where the packaging was actually altered in the store and individual cans had that little E that Michael Buble writes on with a Sharpie in the spot. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That's a super engaging, super funny, really smart take on brand building. Understanding how that results in sales is one thing. Having an understanding of how consumers react to a spot like that or a campaign program like that is something else. And without understanding how people are talking about our brand, we would have to wait several weeks for the results of sales data coming in from our sales partners. Using online social listening and word of mouth, face-to-face word of mouth, the total social that Ed and his company offer really allowed us to better understand which aspects of the program are resonating with consumers in which ways. And then on the back end, we can actually parse out the value of those individual attributes of the program, which will help further our understanding of what worked, what didn't work, how do we optimize it for the future, and how do we leverage those types of ideas to gain more and more traction with consumers as we're launching a major new brand. Very interesting. Ed, what are some other illustrations of the execution of this in the marketplace? We like to think about kind of three ways that marketers can act to help 
activate a more online and offline conversation. And we think about it in terms of sometimes it's the targeting. You, we all know who our target consumer is, but sometimes the consumer who's influencing other people is different than the target consumer. And a quick example of that, we were working with a large consumer electronics company. They had a, a very clear sense that their target consumer were millennials. They had kind of a hip and happening and social media driven way of trying to communicate with those folks. But when it came to the people who are having the conversations that were influencing that younger consumer, it turns out it was much more of a middle-aged consumer. There was a you know somewhat big ticket price associated with this product, and they had just not focused at all on the importance of that influential consumer. And with those insights in hand, they started to evolve the way that they were communicating to make sure that they were not just focusing on the buyer and the user of their product, but also the person who was influencing others. So that's one example of where targeting is important. Another example I would give, it's often around messaging. And an example I would use there is for, for years and years in the telecom industry, everybody was focusing on the network and the network and the network and the network. Well, when you look at people talking about telecom brands, most of us don't talk about the network. Oh, I'm going to go with XYZ because it has 99.2% network coverage. We focus on other things. And AT&T was one of the companies that came to realize this and they started to shift their messaging and it became much more around having talkable uh, characters in their ads. And it was the woman in the store who was helping people who had various challenges. It became much more relatable to people. So the messaging becomes something then that ties into the way people are actually talking. And often we recommend that you should think about uh, mimicking conversation in your ads themselves or in your marketing. And the third way I think is around understanding the different channels. What is it that gets people talking and understanding? Sometimes those are digital channels. Sometimes those are paid television channels. Sometimes it's around in-store. And we've had a number of examples where companies have come to realize the importance, say, of, of the merchant in the store helping to guide people and making sure that, that those salespeople at the point of sale are, are creating a conversational approach with the consumer. Not everybody is able to do that. It depends whether you have some control over the retail environment or not, but some people do. So that's, that's an example as well. And, and the last one that I would mention is that we have tie-ins with certain media planning channels, such as MRI. And you can think about buying media with a word of mouth approach in mind. And often the choices that come out are very different than the choices that come out if you were just to array media based upon the heavy users of a particular product. So all these conversations go on, and, and I think we're thinking of them as kind of positive conversations right now. You get good recommendations from people in the aisle, as you talked about it, or people say positive things about Michael Buble turning bubbly into his name. Kevin, what about the negative conversations that occur? Those are tracked, I guess. What are some of the implications that those involve for the ways in which you think about word of mouth in the marketplace? Kevin, any thoughts about that from your business? You know, you have to listen to the consumer at every stage of the process. And sometimes you're going to hear positive things. Sometimes you're going to hear negative things. That could be about a product, a flavor, uh, packaging, an experience that they had. And I think you have to analyze those in equal measure, not necessarily equal weight, because, you know, social media, it's very, very easy for people to be negative. There's often, you know, trolls out there who have made it their mission to just uh, disrupt the marketplace. So I think balancing all of that information 
that you are now able to get and deciding from a strategic standpoint where the brand needs to go or shift, where we have to make a U-turn or an about face. Or maybe this is something that that really actually isn't a, a major problem and something that we can approach very thoughtfully and strategically to address some of the concerns that the consumers may have. You know, at PepsiCo, we have a ton of proprietary tools. Most notably, one is our 360 Always On capability that allows us to understand what's happening with consumers at a macro level, at a micro level. What are the groundswell of new trends and hobbies, interests, thoughts that are going through consumers' heads on an everyday basis? And how does that relate to our food and beverage category? And 360 Always On allows us to then use some predictive modeling to understand the impacts that some of these trends, conversations, and outputs have on our competitive advantage in the marketplace. Ed, what are you, what are you seeing in this regard? So I would say a couple of things. Uh, the question was about uh, the impact of negative conversation. And there's no question that sometimes people talk positively, sometimes they talk negatively. And if, and if you model this out, you can see that positive conversation drives business forward. Negative can have a, a halting effect on that. So as Kevin said, we need to be aware of both of them. I would say a couple of things that I think are important. Uh, one is that particularly when it comes to offline conversation, people tend to be far more positive than negative by a fairly substantial amount. And I think one of the reasons for that is the reason you engage in conversation with somebody is often to seek out advice for what I should be doing, what should I be buying, what, you know, whether it's what new movies or things on Netflix have you seen, what have you heard about different deals in different retail environments, whatever it is, often the ask is for advice about what I should do. And as a result, there's far more positive than negative conversation offline. I do think on on online social media conversation, you know, it, it has become a place where often the brands themselves have kind of invited people in. If you're on an airline and you're having problems, you'll often tweet out at the airline and, and ask them to step in and help you. So I think there is a little more polarization online than there is offline. And I would also say that we've seen many examples where something flares up and it becomes very polarizing on social media. And often when we look at the offline conversation, where I'd say many more of the brand users and the category users are talking, we don't necessarily see the same flare-up happening. And one recent example of that was where Gillette took a stand in early 2019. They came out with their, what became known as sort of the, the toxic masculinity ads and their online sentiment plummeted almost immediately, became very controversial. Whereas offline, we not only didn't see a deterioration, we actually saw uh, more and more people talking positively about the brand. And similar situation when Dick Sporting Goods, after some of the, uh, the mass shootings, Dick Sporting Goods took a stance and said it was going to stop selling guns. A huge amount of negative conversation online. The offline conversation remained positive. And in fact, their business performance has turned out to be quite good. Their stock price has gone up. So this is why we think it's important to look at both and realize when and why people talk online and how do we interpret that? When and why do they talk offline and how do we make sure that we're separating the signal from the noise and focusing on the things that really have a uh, an impact on the business and a lasting impact? This has been a really interesting conversation. Uh, a lot of good thoughts that our listeners, I think, will get some benefit from. But if each of you were to leave 
our listeners with kind of one key takeaway or one thing to put on their radar when it comes to conversations, what would that be? Kevin, let's start with you. Yeah, for me, uh, it's, it's really the value. Brands need to understand the value that connecting with consumers have. And it's not just a one-off conversation and, and you're actually building a relationship with the people and consumers and you want to hear what they have to say because what they have to say will impact how they feel about your brand, which will impact whether they're engaging and purchasing your brand. Ed, one last thought. My last thought is for marketers to understand that conversations are early indicators of business outcomes, but that the online and the offline conversation are very different ecosystems. There's virtually no correlation between those two. So you have to listen very carefully to what's being talked about on social media because it has an impact on your business, but you have to have an equally important understanding of what's being talked about offline because the two are not mirrors on each other and they each contribute to your business fortunes. You've been listening to Future Proof. For all episodes and more information, visit Kantar.com or OxfordFutureOfMarketing.com. Please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe within your podcast app so you know when new episodes are released. Thank you.